Hello, welcome to the podcast of Chesterfield Baptist Church. We're starting our annual missions conference for the month of March. Every Sunday in the month of March, we're going to have a different missionary come and present his work and preach for us. And this morning, we had a missionary uh, from the Rock of Ages ministry. His name was Matthew Frank, and he presented his work. And uh, he's going to New England to be with the Rock of Ages and going to the prisons and things such of that nature. And uh, he preached this morning, and the title of his message was The Mindset of Missions. Please enjoy. Romans chapter number 10. Romans chapter number 10 this morning. I do appreciate again the opportunity to be in God's house with you this morning. Appreciate you being here, being in your place on Sunday morning. I appreciate the opportunity to come. I do want to say again, I thank you for everything that's already been done. The good place to stay. The meal we was able to eat last night, I appreciate that. Man, I didn't have to spend money on food, amen. <laughs> Right. When you stay as much on the road as what we do, you'll understand that comment a whole lot better, all right? Romans chapter number 10 this morning. Uh, if you're willing and able, let's stand in reverence to the reading of the Word of God when you find your place. Romans chapter number 10. And we'll read a very familiar passage of Scripture, but I want to, uh, don't, I'd ask that you keep your Bibles open. We'll go to a couple of different passages of Scripture this morning. In your hearing, but Romans chapter number 10, look with me at verse number 13. The Bible says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now, I want to stop and say this this morning. I'm glad it's a still a whosoever will salvation. It's not a whensoever, but I'm glad it is a whosoever. Amen. He doesn't care what side of the tracks you grew up on, he doesn't care how much money you got in the bank, he doesn't care anything about any of that. What he cares about is the fact that he died on a cross to save you from your sin, to save whoever would come unto him by God, seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them, is what the Bible said. Uh, but I'm glad it's a whosoever will salvation, whether you've got the money, because here's the thing, if, you, if it was based on you had to have money, man, I'd be lost this, evening, or this morning. Because the day I got saved by the grace of God, I was 16 years old, I didn't have a penny to my name. But I'm glad God came by where I was at, picked me up out of the muck and mire, seeing that I was in. See, here's the thing. I was born and raised in a preacher's home. Didn't know anything but church. But I was still just as lost as anybody else was. I still needed a Savior, just like that drunk that sat on a bar stool last night. I still needed a Savior, just like those prisoners that we talked to. I still needed somebody to come by my way and say, hey, if you'll let me, I'll save you and I'll change your life for time and for eternity. I'm glad it's a whosoever will salvation. Amen. So we'll preach a who's whosoever. It's whoever it will. The Bible talks about in Psalm chapter number 150, let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. But here's the thing. If you're breathing this morning, you're a whosoever will. If you're alive this morning and you've not, God's never dealt with your heart or even if he has and you've never been saved, as long as you've not passed that point of no return, you're a whosoever will this morning. Amen. I'm glad I'm saved by the grace of God. Can't get lost if I wanted to. I'm glad I am forever settled. It is forever settled in heaven. I'm glad this morning that I can know that I know that I know that I know that I'm saved by the grace of God this morning. Just figured y'all might want to know I knew I saved. Amen. 
Glad I'm saved, brother. You say, well, preacher, why are you so excited about me and say, because it's literally the best thing that ever happened to me. Second Corinthians chapter five, verse 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ. In other words, before we got saved by the grace of God, we was without Christ, but I'm glad we're in Christ this morning. If we're saved by the grace of God, he said, old things are passed away. Why? Behold, all things are become new. I'm glad I'm a new creature this morning. You say, preacher, you ain't much to look at, son. You should have seen before I got saved by the grace of God. 16 years old born and raised in a preacher's kid's home didn't know anything but church but here's the thing I was just as lost as that sinner out there this morning I was just as lost and just as on my way to hell as anybody else was but he came by my way I'm glad he still loves church kids amen glad he still comes by and says hey I want you to know you're lost but I got something that can fix that amen verse number 13 for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord Shall be saved. Can I say? Can I run more one more rabbit real quick? He didn't say you might be saved. He didn't say you could be saved. He said shall be saved. That is a promise that you can take it to the bank. You can put money down on it if I can put it that way. Because guess what? It's not going to return void. Amen. Verse number fourteen. The Bible says, "How then shall they call on him, in whom they not believed? And how shall they believe in him, of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear of him?" Or, hear, or how shall they hear without a preacher? Excuse me. And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. Let's go to the Lord in a word of prayer this morning. Then you can be seated for the message from the word of God this morning. I dimly, Father, as we come into your presence to pray, Lord, I want to thank you for this day. Lord, I want to thank you that you came by my way almost 18 years ago now, found me as a lost, hell-bound, hell-deserving sinner in need of a Savior. You picked me up and set my feet on a solid rock and established my going. David said, you put a new song in my mouth, even praise unto my God. Lord, I want to thank you that you came by my way and saved my never-dying soul from a never-ending hell. Lord, I want to thank you for the opportunity to stand and preach your word this morning. Lord, I pray that you'd help us this morning. Lord, I pray that you'd help me not to do or say anything that will grieve or quench your Holy Spirit. But Lord, I pray that you'd help me to do and say everything that you won't say and done for your honor and your glory this morning. Lord, we're needy people. Lord, we need you this morning. Lord, I pray that you'd get me out of the way and you'd preach through me what you won't say and what you won't done. Lord, I pray that you'd help us this morning. Lord, you'd help us not to leave here the same way that we came in. But Lord, you'd help us to leave here being challenged by the Word of God and changed by the Spirit of God. Lord, you'd help us to allow you to have free course in our hearts and our lives this morning. And we'll thank you and we'll praise you for it's in your Son's holy, wonderful, precious name we pray. Amen and amen. Thank you. You can be seated. Thank you so much for standing. Romans chapter number 10, verse number 14, verse number 15 is where I want to... Start at this morning, and like I said, keep your Bibles open. We'll go to several different passages of Scripture this morning. But in verse number 14 and verse number 15, the Apostle Paul, the writer of the book of Romans, asked four different questions. In verse number 14, the first question he asks is, And how then shall they call on Him in whom they have not believed? And that makes, that makes me think in my mind, well, then why ain't they calling on Him? Why ain't they believing Him? But the Apostle Paul, it's almost like he knew I was going to ask that question because he goes on and he answers it with another question. As he says in verse number 14 again, And how shall they believe in Him of whom they have not heard? 
Well, in my mind, then I'm thinking, well, why ain't they hearing? Somebody's telling, why ain't they hearing? But it's, he goes on and he asks another question. And he says, and how then shall they hear without a preacher? He says, the reason why they ain't hearing is because there ain't a preacher. The reason why they're not believing is because they've never heard. The re- but the reason why they're not hearing is because there's not a preacher. And then that may, in my mind, that makes me think, well, then why is there not a preacher? Why is somebody not going? Why is somebody not telling? Why is not somebody taking this Bible and preaching from the Word of God? You must be born again. Why is somebody not sharing that? Verse number 15, he says in verse number 15, And how shall they preach except they be sent? Now here's the thing, that begs to me, in my mind, then why is nobody sending them? You realize that every single time that you Y'all want me to get this, probably. You realize that every single time that you send a missionary, you know what you're enabling him to do? You're enabling him to go. Because it's just like I mentioned in my presentation, we can't do what we do without churches like you. We have approximately 50 to 55 churches that partner with us on a monthly basis right now. We need probably about another 50 to do it. But here's the thing, we can't do what we do without people and churches partnering with us. You know what they're doing? They're sending us. Lord willing, August the 31st of the, or August the 30th of this year, we'll have our commissioning service at our home church. You know what our home church is doing? They are sending us out because other people have said, you know what, we'll partner with them and we'll send them. Now here's the thing this morning, you say, well, preacher, Whenever it comes to this thing of missions, preacher, we, I just, you know, as far as missions is concerned, I just, you know, I put my money in the plate and that's good. Can I say this this morning? If that's as far as your mindset goes, as far as missions is concerned, I'm not being ugly this morning, but you're wrong. You said, preacher, what are you talking about? Let me just sit there. I'm just going to stay right here, all right? That's distracting to me. I don't know if it's distracting you all, but it's distracting to me. Here's the thing this morning. If your mindset of missions is not right, you can give all the money in the world. And when you get to the judgment seat of Christ, it'll all burn up. Because here's the thing this morning. Our mindset as far as Baptists are concerned, our mindset has been for years, well, I'll just put my money in the plate and I'm done. And here's the thing. You're to put money in the plate. You're to give to missions. Me and the preacher was talking last night. There's, only, there's three different types of uh, giving in the Bible. First off, you got the tithe. That's required by God. That was, that was before the law, that was during the law, and that was after the law. So it didn't just go away with the law, with the law being done away with. But here's the thing. You've got the tithe, but then you've also got a free will offering. The free will offering is not required to be given. Is that right? That's the reason why it's free will. But then you'll find the mission offering. And the mission offering also is not required to be given. So a preacher, you're supposed to be preaching missions. You're supposed to encourage us to be giving more. I am, but hold on. Before we ever get to that, we've got to change our mindset. Because for years now, people have made the mindset, oh, I'll just put my money in the plate and that's only $5. But you know what? That's what most people will give. Just five dollars. How much is a soul worth to you? 
How much is a soul worth to me? Is it worth $5? Is it worth $10? Is it worth $50? Is it worth $100? However much, here's the thing. You've got to ask the Lord about that, but let's talk about this mindset first. Can I say two things about this mindset of missions? Number one, it's got to be first off a mindset of going. Because before Jesus ever talked about giving, you know what he said? Mark chapter 16 and verse number 15. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. See, before we're supposed to give, you know what we're supposed to do? We're supposed to go. Before we ever, me and my family ever started giving per se, we was already giving our money. But as far as giving ourselves, before we decided, before we made up our minds that that's what God had caused us to do, you know what we was doing? We was already trying to go. We was going out on visitation. We was going door knocking. We was running a bus route. We was, I actually pastored a church for a couple of years. Here's the thing. You've got to get the mindset first of going. And so preacher, that's a whole different kind of mindset than what I had. I know, and that's where it is all over this place. Because we've got people that are sitting in our churches today that will say, well, you know, I'll give, but I'm not going. I was talking to a dear friend of ours the other day, and he said, he told me he preaches a lot of missions conferences, and he told me, he said, there was one particular church that he preached at. This guy got real serious with God one night after church, and he was in the altar. He got real serious with God. He said, God, whatever it is, it's keeping me from going. God had been dealing with him back going to the mission field. He was 65 years old. God had been dealing with him back going to the mission field. And here's the thing. If God calls you at 65, you better go right then. Don't wait. <laughs> but here's the thing. Whenever he, he got earnest with God and he told God, he said, God, whatever it is that's keeping me from going, God, whatever it is that's holding me back, Lord, just take it out of my life. Well, that night on the way home, he wrecked his brand new pickup truck. You know what he did? He went on deputation. <laughs> went to the mission field. You said, preacher, why? Because what was holding him back from going was gone. You said, preacher, what is, it, what is the big deal about going? Go with me to Isaiah chapter number 6. Real quickly, Isaiah chapter 6, verse number 8. Isaiah chapter 6, verse number 8. Here's the thing most of us will say, well, I ain't going to go, but so-and-so will. I ain't going to go. I'm not willing to go to a foreign country. Or I'm not willing to do that. I remember sitting in my wife's aunt's living room. It's been approximately six or seven years ago now. We were sitting in her living room in the state of Maine, and she told me, she said, you should move up here. We need more people like you. And you know what I said? <laughs> I'm never moving up here. You know what I'll do come September the 1st? I'll move up there. But in order for me to get my, in order for me to be able to go, you know what I had to do? I had to get my mindset right first. Look at Isaiah chapter 6, verse number 8. The call of Isaiah is the title of this. Verse number 8, the Bible says this, Also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? And look at what he said. Then said I, Here am I, send so and so. No, here am I, send me. The mindset of missions this morning, if you're going to have the right mindset concerning missions, number one, you must have a mindset of going, but here's the thing, you must be willing to personally go. So preacher, I don't want to move to a foreign country. Preacher, I don't want to, I don't want to move to New England. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. But, oh, let's stop for just a second. Are you willing to go across the street? 
Are you willing to go to the cashier down at the gas station? How many of us stop at PJ's Coffee? We did this morning. Hallelujah. Do you know what? Does that cashier down at PJ's even know that you go to church here? Does the gas station, how many of y'all go to the same gas station all the time? I asked where the cheapest place to get gas was this morning. And without even hesitating, Raceway or Exxon, right there across the street from each other. You know why? Because you go there all the time. Does the cashier know that you're a Christian? Does the cashier know that you are saved and on your way to heaven? Does the cashier know that you are a member of Chesboro Baptist Church right down the road? So, preacher, what does that got to do with anything? If you're not going first here, you'll never go there. Because here's the thing, this matter of missions, this matter of missions, we are on a mission this morning. Here's the thing, even though I'm not in New England yet, you know what my responsibility as a child of God is? Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. There's a, the reason why that I have these in my pocket this morning is not for show. It's to give out. When's the last time you gave out a gospel trap? One of my favorite gospel tracts of all time, this track right here, we actually print this track. If you died today, would you go to heaven? On, on the inside, it's got different study helps, where to look in the Bible when. But then it tells about the way to heaven according to the Bible. Perhaps one of my favorite gospel tracts, because whenever you see that gospel track, if you died today, would you go to heaven? People stop and think, I don't know. But let me ask you this, are we going? Because here's the thing, this morning, if we are being judgment day honest, most of us are not. I say most of us. If I'm being judgment day honest this morning, I don't always give out gospel tracts. But I try to. I used to say for several months until the Lord convicted me about it, I didn't carry tracks in my shirt pocket while I preached because I'd always talk about giving out gospel tracks. I never would have one in my shirt pocket, so I got to where I stuck one in my Bible. And I'd always tell people, say, well, I just, you know, I don't carry them in my shirt pocket because I don't want to sweat through them and ruin them while I preach. Until I said that one day and the Holy Spirit convicted me, he said, no, you're just lazy. Y'all okay? I wasn't when he asked me or when he said that to me. You know why we don't get the gospel to this community? You know why there are people here that people that you work with don't even know you go to church? Because we're lazy. We want everything handed to us. You go in the average independent Baptist church all across this land, you know what? They want the preacher to do all the work. If you want to get scriptural about what the preacher's responsibility is to do, you know what his responsibility is to do? Study and pray. That's it. It's not go to the hospital. It's not go visit people. It's not do this. It's not do that. It's not take care of the grass around the church. It's not make sure the house of God's clean. You said, preacher, you're just being ugly. No, that's just Bible. He didn't say anything to me about anything. I don't know anything that's going on. All right, we talked for a long time last night. But we never even talked about that. We talked almost midnight last night. A long time. But here's the thing. If our mindset of missions is not right, we can give all the money we want to, but we're not never affecting Kentwood, Louisiana for the cause of Christ. We're never affecting a meat, a meat, however you pronounce it. You're never going to affect that community 
for the cause of Christ. Why? Because you're not going. I'm not going. We stopped at two different places this morning. And I'm not, please don't misunderstand. I'm not trying to pin roses on myself or anything like that. I want to help you. I told the preacher that last night. My goal is not to come in here and try to sell myself, but my goal is to come in here and try to help you. Just this morning, we stopped at Taco Bell and we stopped at PJ's Coffee. One agreed with me, the other one didn't. I'll let you figure out which one that was. All right? But you know what I did? I made sure that both people that we talked to this morning got a gospel track. You know why? And I, every time, and when I gave them the gospel track, I said, hey, I want you to know Jesus loves you. You know what that cost me? Nothing. You know what it did do, though? It embarrassed my flesh. Anybody ever, anybody, y'all probably don't believe this about me, but I can be a shy person. I know y'all probably don't believe that, especially the preacher and his wife. But here's the thing. It embarrasses your flesh to do the work of God. But the more that you embarrass your flesh, you know what happens? It gets easier and easier to do it every single time. Can I ask you a question? When's the last time you went? Instead of saying, hey, preacher, will you call? And please don't misunderstand. If you call a preacher and ask, hey, will you come talk to so-and-so? You know what he's going to do? He's going to come talk to so-and-so. Because he loves sinners. He cares about people. But here's the thing. At the end of the day, instead of calling a preacher, hey, preacher, will you go see my family member that's lost? You go see your family member that's lost. Because if your mindset is right, then you know what you'll have a mindset of? Hey, I don't want to see them die and go to hell. I requested prayer from my brother this morning. My brother lives what, my brother's lost and lives what the world calls an alternate lifestyle, but what God says is an abomination. But here's the thing. You know, because I don't want my brother dying go to hell, you know what I do all the time? I don't witness to him all the time, but you know what I do tell him? Hey, I want you to know, Jonathan, I, I love you and so does Jesus. Why? Because here's the thing. I don't want to die and go to hell. Whatever lifestyle he lives, it doesn't matter to me because here's the thing. I truly believe that Jesus can take away any sin. As far as I can tell, preacher, there's only one unpardonable sin. As far as I can tell, that's blasphemy against the Holy Ghost. That's the only one that I can find in this book. Now, don't misunderstand me. Once you've crossed God's deadline, God turns you over to a reprobate mind. And at that point, there's no hope for you. You might as well just go ahead and go on out of here because you're going to hell. And I don't say that boastfully and I don't say that like I'm happy about it. But here's the thing. As long as they're li still living, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to do my best to witness. Why? Because I want to have my mindset right. The mindset of missions is a mindset of going personally, but then not only that, going prayerfully. I believe the preacher told me y'all support five mission missionaries, mission works. Do you call their name out in prayer? Do you even know who they are? You're at early stages in your missions program right now, and now's the time to start a habit of going prayerfully for your missionaries. Know what their needs are. Know what their burdens are. Send an email. Say, preacher, you just be no. I'm I'm trying to speak. I'm trying to help you this morning. Because here's the thing, if you didn't want to do anything for God, when, from what the preacher was telling, y'all withdrew from the Southern Baptist Convention almost three years ago now. And when the first question, what are we going to do about missions? That tells me you want to be involved. But here's the thing, in order to be involved and do it properly, can I say it that way? Be involved. But get your mindset right first of going positionally 
or going prayerfully, going personally, you go. Don't wait for somebody to go witness to the cashier at the gas station. Don't wait for somebody to witness to the cashier at the Taco Bell or, God forbid, the McDonald's. Don't wait. You tell them. Because you know what? After you, whenever you start witnessing to people, you know what happens? And I'll get loud so that way y'all in the back can hear me. You know what happens whenever you start witnessing to people? You do something. They tell me if you do something seven times in a row, it becomes a habit. So if you witness to one person a day for the next seven days, you know what? You're in the habit of witnessing to people. And whenever you get in that habit, you know what begins to happen? You begin to make sure you got gospel tracks. Because here's the thing. A gospel track can go where you can't. A gospel track can reach people that you can't. But did you ever stop and think about this? There may be somebody here in Kentwood, Louisiana, or a meat. Have I got that right? Y'all snickering at me every time I say it wrong, all right? A meat, Louisiana, whatever it is, that town up there, all right? There may be somebody in that town up there that only you can reach. How many of y'all go to the Dollar General? All of us do, probably. Unless you got a lot of money, then you go to Kroger. Y'all probably don't have a Kroger around here. Publix. Y'all have Publix around here? You got Walmart. All right. Everybody goes to Walmart. But let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. When's the last time at the Walmart that you witnessed the cashier? Now, I understand they don't ever have many cashiers at Walmart, all right? I understand that. And usually there's 20 people in line behind you. But you know what it takes to give a gospel tract to that person? You know what it takes to give a gospel tract to that person? Hey, can I give you, a, can I give you something to read when you get a break? Because they, they're required to be given breaks. They get two 15-minute breaks and an hour lunch break. Give them a gospel tract. But the only way you're going to give a gospel track is first, if you've got your mindset right of you going. Instead of waiting on the preacher to go, instead of waiting on somebody else to go, you go. I remember one day I was coming home from college. It's been about 10 years ago now. I was coming home from college 10, 11 years ago, something like that. And I, was work, I worked third shift at IHOP as a server, and then I went to college full-time during the day, and I was coming home from college. It's probably about 2, 3, 2.30, 3 o'clock, maybe even 3.30 in the afternoon, and I was headed home to get some sleep before going back to work that evening. And I saw a man by the name of Charlie. And Charlie was a man that I had known for years, and the pastor that the church that I was, the previous pastor of the church that I was at, he was actually a foster kid with them. And I grew up knowing Charlie. He was probably about 10 years older than me. And I grew up knowing him. And every once in a while we'd see him. And I saw him that day and the Holy Spirit said, go, go witness to him. Go tell him about Jesus. I said, Lord, you know, I just don't have time right now. I just, you know, I got to get home. I got to get a nap. I got to be back up in a few hours, you know, to go back to work. And man, I made up all kinds of excuses. And that next morning, the newspaper person brought the newspapers by. As was my habit every morning, I'd, I had all my work done, everything like that. And I'd sit down with a cup of coffee while nobody else was in the restaurant, just me and the manager. And I'd read the newspaper every morning. On the front page of the newspaper, man killed by train. Hmm. You got to read the article, you know who it was? It's Charlie. You said, Preacher, you think Charlie died and went to hell? Probably. 
You know whose blood? You know whose hands his blood's going to be on? Mine. Because here's the thing, I could have witnessed to him, but I didn't. I could have told him about Jesus, although he'd heard about Jesus all of his life. I could have told him one more time. And no doubt, God sent him in my path for me to be able to tell him one more time. He said, Preacher, would Charlie still have died? I don't know that. But I know one day when I stand before the judgment seat of Christ, you know whose blood's going to be on my hand? Charlie's. You know why? Because my mindset wasn't right. I wasn't willing to go personally. Go personally. A mindset of going is going personally. It's going prayerfully. But number three, it's going positionally. Send somebody. You can't go to New England. You can't go to China. You can't go to the other countries that these missionaries that you've got coming in is going to. You can't go there. But they can. China is not quite a closed country, but they're not friendly to the gospel. I know a missionary right now over in China. The church that he started, they've come in and arrested every single person that was in there. They've had to flee to go to Taiwan to try to rebuild another work. But you know what he's doing? He's going personally. Because somebody's going positionally. They're sending him. Can I say not only a mindset of missions is going, mindset of going, but number two, a mindset of giving. Go with me to Romans chapter 12 this morning. Romans chapter number 12. I want to deal with something real quickly. Romans chapter number 12. Look at verse number one with me. Romans chapter number 12. In verse number one, very familiar passage of Scripture, especially if you've been in church any length of time at all or you're any kind of Bible reader. Verse number one, the Bible says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye, there's that personal thing again, that ye present your bodies, not somebody else's body, but your body. And then look at what he says. He says, a living sacrifice. You know what he said? He said, I'm not asking you to die for me. I'm asking for you to live for me. Do you realize that in the pages of Scripture, nowhere in the pages of Scripture will you ever find that God asked us to die for Him? Do you know what He did say in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse number 2? Moreover, it is required. In other words, it's, I mean, you have to. If you're going to live God's way, you're going to have to. Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. You know what the one thing that God asks from us is? Faithfulness. Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. Verse number 1, Romans chapter 12. I beseech you therefore, brethren, I beg you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy. Now can I stop for just a moment and see this? We'll talk about, matter of fact, we talked about this last night about preachers preaching standards and convictions that there's no Bible for. And I agree with that. But what's God's standard? God's standard's holy. And truth be told, and, I, and I'm not trying to be argumentative or anything like that, but truth be told, if we was trying to reach God's standard, truth be told, we'd probably be a whole lot higher than man's standard. 
because we're trying to reach holiness. You say, well, preacher, I can't reach holiness. Well, neither can I. I believe that's the reason why he put holy, acceptable unto God. Because here's the thing. If you're shooting for the moon, you know what you're going to do every time? Even if you miss the moon, you're still going to land among the stars. If you're shooting low, you know what you're going to hit? You're going to hit low. If you're shooting high, even if you miss high, you're still going to miss somewhere up above low and medium. I don't want to just be an average Christian. I don't want to just be your everyday run-of-the-mill Christian. I'm just being honest with you. I don't want that. But you know what I do want to be? I want to be one of those that I'm shooting for the moon. Man, I've got dreams. I've got goals. I've got ambitions for New England. I, I'd love to see New England turned upside down. And I'm not talking about in 20 years. I'm talking about in the next five years, I'd love to see New England turned upside down. I'd love to be in all 53 prisons in the next five years. Will it happen? I don't know, but I'm asking God for it. Because here's the thing. He said, you have not because you ask not. But he said here in our text, or our verse of Scripture, present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is what? Your reasonable service. He said, this is not even going above and beyond. This is just what's reasonable. You ever start selling something? How many of y'all sell stuff on Facebook? I do. And whenever pe people message you and say, what's your bottom dollar? Don't message me and say, say that. Message me and make me an offer. Because every time they say, what's your bottom dollar? You know what they're trying to do? They're trying to find what, what your bottom dollar is, and then they're going to try to work you down. Are they not? I can haggle with the best of them. I learned my lesson at an early age. If I don't want it bad enough, I'm going to walk away. And whenever you go to walk away, you know what begins to happen? Uh, but, uh, but, uh, well, maybe, you know, maybe I can meet that price. But here's the thing. There's no haggling in God's business. Holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. He tells us how we're going to do that in verse number two. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Mindset of missions is this. It's a mindset of going, but it's also a mindset of giving first off of yourself. Because here's the thing. Before you'll ever be able to go, you know what you have to do? You'll have to give yourself. You know what going requires? It requires that you give up certain things. It requires that you embarrass your flesh from time to time. Is that right? I can't just walk up to a random stranger and say, hey man, let me talk to you about Jesus without embarrassing my flesh. Because here's the thing, sometimes they don't want to talk about Jesus and then at that point it just gets all kinds of awkward, don't it? But we have a responsibility. We have a commission that has been placed upon our lives to go into all the world and preach the gospel. So a preacher, I'm not a preacher, so that gets me out of it. No, it don't. You know what that word preach means? It means to proclaim. And nowhere in the pages of Scripture will you find a such creature as a woman preacher. Do you know what you will find? You'll find everywhere that men and women both went, they told about Jesus. But here's the thing this morning. We've got to the point in our lives where we say, well, you know, that's the preacher's job. 
Or we've gotten to the point in our lives where we'll say, well, I'll give my money. I'll give this. But I ain't giving me. Mindset of going, a mindset of giving, number one of yourself, number two of your supplication, give your prayers. Pray for missions. You know why missionaries come off the field? There's two reasons. One, because they get discouraged. And two, because they didn't have enough money to go to start with. They went because there was pressure from churches and pressure from pastors to go ahead and get to the field and go ahead and go. You know, I'm thankful we're staying in the States because that means that I can move to my field and I can continue raising support while I'm doing my ministry. You got a missionary who goes to a foreign field, he can't do that. That missionary needs to be at 100% before he goes. I was talking to a missionary today. He said, preacher, he said, whenever we got the field, he said, as soon as we hit the ground, we lost $500 a month in support. Take $500 a month out of your budget. It gets tight, don't it? Now imagine you're living in a third world country where you can't go work a job. And you've got to pray and depend on God's people to send it in. Go positionally, pray for them. Give yourself, give your supplication, pray for them. Then can I say this, number three, and I'm done. Give your silver. See, this missions month is all about creating an emphasis on worldwide missions. It's the reason why you're having missionaries coming in every Sunday this month. The exception of the last one, then you're doing video updates, is that right? It's the reason why you're bringing missions constantly in front of the people. You know why? Because he wants to create an emphasis on that. But in order to co-labor with missionaries, you know what it takes? It takes this. Pray for them, but give. There was a preacher, a friend of ours, you may know Brother Stenet Ballou. He passed away last year, but he used to, he, he, wrote a, he literally wrote a book on missions. And man, you talk about, I mean, the guy raised countless millions for worldwide missions. Been preaching missions meetings for 30 years or longer. I mean, countless millions the Lord allowed him to raise for worldwide missions. But he always made the he got it, he always made the statement while he's preaching. Even in his book, he said, "You know, when a missionary comes, he said, don't send them out with just a God bless you, we love you." He said he had a missionary call him one day and he said, "Hey, I just want you to let you know, I went to my gas tank and I said, God bless you, we love you." And he said that tank that needle didn't move an inch. He said, "Preacher, you're just trying to build your love offering up." No, 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 no. Listen, I told you I was here for your money, and I am. But if you don't have a dime, can I say this? You don't have anything. Ask God to give it to you. People say, oh, I'm on fixed income. I don't find fixed income anywhere in this Bible. You know what I do find? But my God shall supply all your needs according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Here's the thing. If you'll ask God, say, God, I don't have anything to give to missions. Lord, would you give me something to give to missions? You know what he'll do? He'll give it to you. God will give through you what he will not give to you. I mean, I've talked to different people. Matter of fact, there was Brother Blue that I was telling you about. He, he preached a missions conference down in Florida one time. Had a guy that had just gotten saved a couple months before. He come in. He preached missions that week. And that guy come up to him on Wednesday night. They started on Wednesday. Went all the way through Sunday. He started preaching on faith promise missions. And the guy looked at him and he said, can I do that? 
He said, well, yeah, you know. Preacher told him, he said, he said Brother Boo, he said, that guy just got saved. His finances are in such bad shape. I don't know how he's even making it. He went to work the next day. He had been working the same job. He was a drunk, cussing. I mean, just a horrible person. Went to work. They'd already seen the change in his life. Went to work on, or come back to church on Sunday. After Sunday morning of the service, they did their faith promise mission commitment. And the guy come to him, come to Brother Blue after church, and he said, I did that. He said, I told God I'd give $30 a month to worldwide missions. Now, here's the thing. That don't sound like a lot, but when you ain't got it, that's a lot. He went to work the next day and he was telling all of them guys, man, this guy came in and talked about missions and talked about how that I could have a part of it and how that I could be affected, how that I could have a part in reaching souls in a third world country with the gospel and all, all this. And he said, a guy, a lost man walked up to him and said, how much do you say you give? He said, I told him I'd give $30 a month. The guy pulled out his wallet, a lost man now. A lost man pulled out his wallet and said, here, here's the first month. And so, preacher, that's pretty good. No, 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 no. You don't understand. For the next 12 months, every, guy, every month, that guy, the same guy will walk up to him and say, about time for that missions money again, ain't it? And he'd pull out his $30 and he'd give it to that man to put in an offer. You said, preacher, what was that? That was God giving through someone that he, what he would not give to them. I'm a firm believer in this. If you want to give to missions, God will give it to you. God will absolutely give it to you. But in order for you to be willing to give, you must have your mindset right first. Can I ask you a question? This I'm done. I've preached a little bit longer than what I intended to. Can I ask you a question? What's your mindset when it comes to missions? Is your mindset, well, I'll put a little money in the offering plate and that's as far as I'll go with it? Or is your mindset this? Lord, imagine for instance... Obviously, there's not an offering plate here that would be big enough to hold me. But if there was an offering plate here and I just put my money in it, you know what happened? All God got was my money. But if I say, you know what, Lord? Take me. Use me. Lord, I'm giving myself to you. And I put myself in the offering plate. What happened? God didn't just get me. He got this money. And he got the money that's here. He got my bank account. He got my credit cards. He got every last bit of it. Why? Because I said, Lord, here am I. Send me. What's your mindset this morning? Is your mindset, well, I'll do enough around here. Or is your mindset, Lord, here am I. Send me.